The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The message is clear from the Jim Harbaugh extension. It's put up or shut up time. More next here on this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. But there's going to be one team that's going to play solely as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. Looks deep for Anthony Waits for it. Here caught. This is no time for that. In the pocket and a sack. Tim Jamison. Brady gets terrific. Touchdown night again. Schultz just before Brazil got it. And a leaping interception by Woodson. Harbaugh back to throw over the middle. Caught by Kohler at the five on his feet. Touchdown, Michigan. On his way. It's good. He's 5'7, 179 pounds, a junior at Michigan. But Jamie Morris packs a wallop, and he delivers for Bo Schembechler. And here's your first play. Pressure coming. Sack. It is Glenn Steele, number 81, who fought his way through the traffic. Option. And Robinson calls his own number, and he's going to score. Oh, an easy touchdown for Robinson and Michigan. Winner. We're going to win the championship again because we're going to play as a team. And when we play as a team, and the old season is over, you and I know it's going to be Michigan again. Michigan. Greetings, Go Blue, and welcome to this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Well, the extension that was always imminent finally has arrived. Jim Harbaugh has been given not really a contract extension by Michigan Athletic Director Ward Manuel as much as a brand new contract, a contract that began yesterday and is for the next five years. But the reality is this is pretty much a one-year deal. And this is when you look at the particulars and you look at the specifics, the message is clear. It's put up or shut up time for Jim Harbaugh. This is a contract unlike anything that we have seen, I I can recall, ever in major intercollegiate athletics. Essentially, Michigan codified into writing that it was publicly rebuking and humbling Jim Harbaugh for a lack of achievement, for a lack of significant championships or really anything of significant on the gridiron whatsoever. Just a couple of nice three-loss seasons that 
didn't really accomplish anything. And then other than that, what have the last six years been other than the crushing weight of unmet expectations? And Jim Harbaugh, I guess to his credit, or maybe a sign that there were there was nowhere else for him to go. I mean, you can spin this a couple of different ways. I mean, you can say, hey, the guy is doing this. He agreed to this humbling, to this uh, vat. He didn't get a slice, dude. I mean, his his salary was cut by more than half. If he were to hit every single incentive in a given season by even winning the national championship, he wouldn't make in any season of this deal what he was making per year on his old deal. So there's two ways to look at it, I guess. You can say on one hand that uh, Harbaugh has clearly been humbled because he had nowhere else to go. And Ward Manuel said, fine, we'll take you back one more time, but it's it's going to be at the cost of a reckoning. Another way to look at it is, hey, Harbaugh loves Michigan so much, he's betting on himself. He's essentially taking the Andre Dawson deal with the Cubs back in the day, and he's going all in on a prove-it year. And uh, it'll be uh, you know just like when uh, his 49ers lost to his brother's Ravens uh, with a quarterback who didn't take a long-term contract, but this instead gambled on himself, and it took all the way to the Super Bowl and then got paid. Harbaugh's going to do the exact same thing, and he's only doing it because it's his alma mater. I suppose both things could actually be true, meaning that if there was a place that he could have gone to in the NFL, which I believe his family prefers, if there's a place he could have gone to in the NFL, he would have, but since he didn't, he's decided that the bet-on-himself route was better than unemployment. Um, either way, this is the make or break year. We have often wondered, what would it take? When would Michigan move on? I think we now know, and it's in writing. An anemic buyout. Jim Harbaugh now has, get this, the 42nd highest ranked buyout in college football for next year. The head coach at North Texas, whose name I don't know, and frankly, none of you should, unless you're related to him or something. The head coach at North Texas, folks. You know, uh, the team that once had Scott Bakula at quarterback. All right, and Sinbad at middle linebacker. North Texas's coach has a bigger buyout for 2021 right now than Jim Harbaugh does. So it's, it's an anemic buyout, which, get this, goes down after this year and every year hereafter. Clearly, Michigan has set itself up that if Jim Harbaugh cannot deliver, what does deliver mean? It, it's not eight and four, nine and three, and I'm I'm not sure the team that he has right now for next year could even do that, frankly. But it's not that. It's beat Ohio State. It's win a New Year's Six Bowl. One of those things. It's it's for the first time since your first year here, Jim. Don't end a season with two losses. All right. I think it's one of those two things, or we're moving on. And it's clear that Jim Harbaugh has signed on for that. Now, did he do so because he had nowhere else to go? Like Richard Gere, an officer and a gentleman? I got nowhere else to go. Did he do it for that reason? Did he do it because it's the old alma mater, right? And he feels like he needs to right himself. And it's like that he was on that 84 team. He broke his arm, so he didn't play much. But that went 6-6. Six and six, And then the next year came back with a vengeance, unranked in the preseason, Toughest schedule in the country, ended number two, shocked the world, one of Bo's best teams, and that's what 2021 is going to be? Whatever. I don't know. Uh, It's just clear that Michigan doesn't know what it has. Michigan wasn't quite ready to move on yet, maybe because of COVID, maybe because of fear of the unknown, maybe because they just wanted to know for sure that Jim Harbaugh wasn't going to work, so they offered him a deal. 
They said, hey, this time the M stands for Missouri. You got to show us. And Jim Harbaugh signed on. So here we are with the most unique contract we've ever seen in major intercollegiate athletics and overwhelming odds that we're going to end this year the same way we began it. Speculation about who the next Michigan football coach is going to be. It's it, it's it's the odds. If you were laying these odds in Vegas, you'd be at like minus four hundred that that uh, Jim Harbaugh is is going to make it, and probably plus five hundred that he will. Uh, that's how unlikely this is. The team doesn't have a quarterback, an established quarterback. Again, they're going to have to reshuffle the offensive line. Again, we don't really know where the offensive coordinator is. He's been he's been gone nowhere on the map for weeks, even though they're, I guess, saying he's going to return. Who knows who the next defensive coordinator is going to be? Apparently, it's going to be a neophyte linebackers coach from his brother's team in the NFL. Who knows, man? Who knows? Except we do know this. If Jim Harbaugh doesn't finally deliver something of significance, that he has failed to do so in his six years up until this point. About 10 months from now, we're going to be talking about the next Michigan football coach. A thank you to all of you that support us via Patreon. Patreon.com slash Michigan Podcast. So many of you have asked for the last few years, hey, how can we support what you guys are doing? That's the best way is to support us via Patreon. There's three different levels that you can do that, but if you just sign up for the exclusive club at $5 a month, you also get reaction podcasts throughout the year, uh, as well as uh, our handicapping predictions. And right now we're in the throes of college basketball season. So thank you to the hundreds of you that are supporting us right now on Patreon. And you're welcome to do the same at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. Time again this week for the 10 minute war, our homage to the great 10 year war between Bo and Woody. That's back when kids and you don't know this now. But that's back when Michigan and Ohio State was what we call today a rivalry. Now it is just a perennial curb stomping. That is when the game is actually played. But it used to be something that both made both sides nervous and excited at the exact same time. It doesn't do that anymore. It's just uh, a, a, a bloodletting on an annual basis that both sides expect. But once upon a time... It was so much more than that. And to relive that time, we have this segment each week with our good friend, the voice of college football, who has a phenomenal YouTube channel as well, Mark Rogers. Reasonable. That's right. We found one. Reasonable Buckeye fan. Good to see you again, Mark. How are you, man? Good to see you, Steve. You know, you love that term curb stomping. You use it quite often. And every time you use it in the context of our segment here, brings a chuckle to me. Uh, considering what happened uh, on Monday night in the national championship game, it's not uh, having the same effect. You know, it's funny. I was watching that. I had to set my Michigan fandom aside and watch it through the lens of our other show, Bigger Ten. All right. You know, because rooting for the Big Ten. And I suddenly felt like I was still a Michigan fan watching a Michigan and Ohio State game. How come Don Brown is not adjusted? Why are we still watching these crossing routes on third and forever where they dump the ball off to one of these uh, fast receivers who then runs for 40 yards? Why haven't we changed up what we're doing? Right? I felt that way watching that game from a Buckeye perspective, rooting for the Big Ten. Like, why are you, why are you sitting there in a standard 4-3 defense every down, regardless of down and distance? 
clearly Steve Sarkeesian knows you're going to do this. So he put his best player in the backfield, which would force you to put a linebacker on him in the flat. And you can't go, you can't stop that. Why don't you adjust? Why doesn't Coach Combs just, why does he keep running the same defense over and over again? When, 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 the, when, when the kid got hurt, when Devontae Smith got hurt, why don't you put eight or nine in the box, tight man to man, and say, all right, somebody else is beating me. Instead, you just sit back, let them pick you apart. I was getting frustrating watching it. I freaking can't stand Ohio State, Mark. I was frustrated watching that. It was pretty bad. Yeah, I, I had the same thought. You you have to go with what you know, with what you do well. But the the, the receivers are too talented. The quarterback's too uh, great of a decision maker in the pocket to just carve up a defense. I did not like the, the, the game planning from the beginning to just play soft. Let's then tighten up in the red zone and make him kick field goals. Well, Alabama doesn't kick field goals, period. So why don't you use the athleticism that you have and actually take a, a page in a certain uh, extent out of the Don Brown playbook about the man-to-man coverage aspect of it and try to get after the quarterback with some exotic blitz packages. Start with the base defense, but mix it up. And um, I would have mixed it up in regards to you got to keep a def- or an offense like that second right. guess. You've got to keep them on your on their toes. They can't take the field every series and know what they're going to be up against. Exactly. Well, let's switch sides of the uh, artist formerly known as this rivalry. And I know you're uh, a college football historian like I attempt to be. In the history of this sport, or at least the modern history, have you ever seen a school do what Michigan just did? Harbaugh was not given an extension. He was given a new contract that began this Monday. That new contract is for five years. It's at fifty. Per, it's over a 50% pay cut from what he was making before. If you look at the incentives, there's no go eight and four for 50 grand. None of that. It's All of his incentives are win the Big Ten, beat Ohio State, win a New Year's Six Bowl, win the Natty. Like, that's it. Oh, and the APR thing. But there's like no intermediate, you know, finish in the top 10, finish in the top 15. No intermediate incentives at all. Only big picture, big boy incentives. Even if he hits each one of those incentives and wins a national championship, he will not make in any season under this deal what he was making every season under the former deal. Then you look at the buyout. As I mentioned before you came on, Jim Harbaugh now has the 42nd highest buyout in college football. The coach at North Texas, who has Sinbad at middle linebacker and Scott Bakula at quarterback, he has a higher buyout than Jim Harbaugh does. This clearly to me was um, he couldn't land an NFL job and Michigan said, fine, you can come back, but it's, it's put up or shut up. This is the prove it year. We get out of here for nothing. We don't owe you anything. And the buyout actually goes down each year after this. All right. So essentially the whole contract is a year to year prove it deal. If at any point you're not proving it, we're just moving on. Have and, and he signed it. So and some will spin it well, he just loves his alma mater that much and much and he, he's bet on himself and he wants to make it right. And and hey, I hope that's true. But have you ever seen a contract like this in modern college football history? No, there there's not been a contracts like this in modern college football history. I also, though, you use the term prove it. So you, Steve, you do this on a regular basis, uh, giving me my cue to trigger the next thought, which for me is not only Jim Harbaugh needs to prove it. You know what? Michigan 
and their standards need to be proved to me. So on paper, it looks as though they're telling him, we are serious about winning championships. That's the standard. That's the standard you need to meet. But I want to see that play out because Jim Harbaugh at half the price, if he's Jim Harbaugh 9-3, in this uh, decade's version of Earl Bruce, I want to see that that's not good enough for Michigan because that has yet to be proven. That's an interesting subplot. Now, see, I don't think they have a team that can go. First of all, we don't know what the schedule is next year. And if I had to predict, especially in our part of the country, I don't believe we're playing a traditional schedule next year. I don't believe we're going from whatever this year was and then right back to normal. I think there will be a one-year transition to that. So I don't think I think you're not going to see like a full non-conference slate. I think it'll be, still be primarily conference and regionally um, uh, uh, schedules, uh, particularly in our part of the country. I think we'll see more fans in the stands. I don't think we'll see full stands, but I think we will see fans in the stands uh, a significant amount. I just don't think it'll be like full capacity or anything like that. I think that this will be some kind of a transition season. And if they're not playing three MAC schools. And then the Big Ten, they they don't have an established quarterback again. They're reshuffling the offensive line again. Um, the defensive coordinator that they're going to hire has never been a defensive coordinator before, never called a defense before. Was a He's a nondescript NFL assistant that wasn't even being interviewed for NFL defensive coordinator jobs as we speak. So, I, I mean, I don't... I don't you're, what you're thinking, I don't believe that's even on the table to me. Because to me, they're winning five or six games, or it's it's they're going 1985 Michigan. They're like shocking everybody and a season-long revenge tour. I think there's a 15% chance of that. And I think there's an 85% chance they're winning five or six or seven games. And if they do that, then we don't, this conversation is moot. Um, I, and I think the 9-3 and three argument that you're making sounds good until they and until the season ends with two losses again meaning if 9 and 3 is 9 and 4 and it ends with another bad loss or any loss to Ohio State and you go to the bowl game and lose again keep in mind mark he's he's ended the season with consecutive with multiple losses every year here but his first season that's the only time that has not happened oh, I and, know and, it. and and so 9 and 3 sounds like well Michigan won't fire him if they're 9 and 3 that sounds great on January 12th but if we're sitting here on Dece- on on, on um, December thirty first or January second next year, and it ends this way again, the, the trust me, the fans are going to be like, enough is enough is enough, and Ward Manuel is without excuse because he has the cheapest Power Five contract in the sport to get out of if he wants. So we don't know what the prorated version of a twelve game schedule is going to look like. So we'll stay with the nine and three. Um, being being a standard or what Jim Harbaugh has basically delivered since he's been there. You believe that if Michigan goes 9-2 and two going into the Ohio State game, loses, mm-hmm. and then loses a, uh, a bowl game, mm-hmm. that Ward Manuel did make, he did make the statement. He said, we believe that Jim Harbaugh is still the man to deliver championships here. And he didn't specify, but of course, a championship has to be something. He's got to get to Indianapolis at least mm-hmm. if Ward Manuel is going to stay too, true to his word. You think that uh, they will not, or they will let Jim Harbaugh go if he falls short of that? Yeah, I do. Like, like immediately. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Twenty twenty-one. I do. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I mean, unless it, like if they're both one-point losses, if they're both excruciating losses, 
And this is going to be a young team again this fall, and a lot of these guys come back. See, that here's why that matters. That gives them a narrative to sell. Michigan, Jim, Mord Manuel does not want to fire Jim Harbaugh, okay? But he's out of narratives to sell. You know, you know what I mean by that, right? Like, they're out of rationalizations to make. OK, mm-hmm. like like imagine, you know, Brian Kelly did this in 2016 after they went four and eight. Right. I mean, he completely cleaned house. Now, Jim's not going to do that. He's going to keep several assistant coaches. But um, I mean, Brian Kelly changed the recruiting coordinator, everything. I mean, he he hit control, alt delete on his program. Two years later, they were in the playoff. Now, the, the year in between, though. Um, I, they I, they went like nine and three or something like that. Okay, to yeah. to to, de-state, to restabilize themselves, right? Okay, but it was an it was an attractive enough nine and three that with the team they had coming back, you could justify it, right? It has to be like that. Michigan's out of narratives. We've replaced coordinators on both sides. Now we're going to do it multiple times. Okay, now you know we got the five star transfer quarterback. Um, now we've we this year we had we, we tried that with Shea, didn't work. Then we had the quarterbacks he recruited. Dylan McCaffrey couldn't beat out the other quarterback he recruited, who turned out to not be very good. All right, so we're back. Now that now we've got the five-star freshman quarterback we haven't recruited yet in J.J. McCarthy. We're out of narratives. So they need, to, they need a narrative to sell. The natives are restless. They want him gone. The donors are restless. They, they're selling a COVID excuse. That's this year's narrative. And the contract narrative is that this is put up or shut up. That's the narrative of that contract. So if it's a nine and three, but it, but it, but they're, you know, competitive, not against Ohio state. It's a game down to the last possession and then they lose a bowl game. And it's not what happened with South Carolina where they're up 19 to nothing and then fold or, or the peach bowl against uh, Florida where they never showed up. All right. If, If it's, if these are excruciating losses to teams that matter, then they have a narrative. Hey, this is a young team. Let's not blow it up and we'll break, but it, but it has to be that Mark. And, and I and I, I just think the odds of that your scenario I think are the lowest odds of them all. That I think it's I think the odds are much higher that they kept your lightning in a bottle, put all this talent on the roster together, and Jim Harbaugh with his back against the wall, and his his career is over as a head coach. Mark, if this fails this year, couldn't get an NFL job this year. You're gonna get one next year if you if you if you completely crash out at your alma mater. No, you're not. So I think I think the and I don't think they're high, but I think the odds are higher that Jim Jim rediscovers the jackhammer he used to be and pulls a rabbit out of his hat, like when he beat USC as a forty-two point underdog that one time. I think the odds are higher of that than they just do the same old same old that you're talking about. To me, I think the far more the two more likely scenarios, and it's not even close, is they're just uh, disgustingly mediocre, which I think is the overwhelmingly highest option. Or it's 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 1985. We're bowling for soup here. It, they're just they pulled a magical ceiling, a magical season out of their bunghole. If Michigan's playing a standard Big Ten schedule, Steve, I think this is an eight and four football team from a talent perspective. All right, let's bump that to nine and three because that's kind of the argument we're making right now. I just need to see a Michigan administration that that's is is that hardcore bent toward winning a championship, as stated by Ward Manuel. 
in introducing the new contract that championships were the standard. You brought up Brian Kelly's situation in 2016 following four and eight. I think Michigan's going to go more that route, that they're actually going to give him two to three years to build a championship team. And I would actually like to see that from this standpoint. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, Mark, there. We had we had some technical difficulties when he was making his case for why he thinks they're going to give him two to three more years. I, I'm 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 not surprised an Ohio State fan would like to see Harbaugh kid two or three more years. I don't think his family wants to be here two or three more years. I don't think Jim wants to be 0-6, 0-7, 0-8 against Ohio State. I I really believe, I really believe it's put up or shut up time. And I think the contract clearly, clearly states that. But again, we shall see. A thank you to all of you that support us via Patreon. Patreon.com slash Michigan Podcast. So many of you have asked for the last few years, hey, how can we support what you guys are doing? That's the best way is to support us via Patreon. There's three different levels that you can do that, but if you just sign up for the exclusive club at $5 a month, you also get reaction podcasts throughout the year, uh, as well as uh, our handicapping predictions. And right now we're in the throes of college basketball season. So thank you to the hundreds of you that are supporting us right now on Patreon. And you're welcome to do the same at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. This week's Twitter poll result. We asked you, do you believe 2021 will be Jim Harbaugh's final season as Michigan football coach? 57.6% of you said yes. 42.4% of you said no. I, I think the odds are even higher. And hey, I would like to be wrong, man. You know what I want more than anything? I want more than anything. Either Thanksgiving weekend of this year or after one of these New Year's Six Bowl games. I, I want my comment section loaded with comments like, you suck, Dace. You can't be a Michigan fan anymore. Well, you don't have any faith. You don't get to be a fan. You were down on the team. Don't jump on the bandwagon now. Like if they start off the year good and you guys do that, I don't care. We've seen Michigan start off the year good plenty of times. It's how they finish that matters. But at the end of the year, if they finally, finally achieve something of significance under Jim Harbaugh, I would love nothing more, man. I'll come in here with a bowl that says crow and just ingest as much of it as I possibly could. I would love that. You think I want? I'm looking forward to 12 weeks of excruciating torture? No, I, I'd, I'd love to have that. I don't care who the Michigan coach is. I don't care if it's Jim Harbaugh, Jack Harbaugh. I don't care. I mean, I, I mean, I don't care if it's Luke Fickle. I don't care if it's Captain freaking Kangaroo. I just want to win, man. I want to win. That's all I care about. And if it's Jim Harbaugh, even better because he's a favorite son and one of my all and still my all time favorite Michigan football player. I've just lost all faith that it is going to be him. But if he defies the odds, and Jim has defied the odds at other times in his playing and coaching career, if he does it this one more time, by golly, I'll love to be wrong. I just think the odds are really good, unfortunately, that I'm not going to be, and that Michigan has, in the end, de facto sacrificed the 2021 season. But we'll see. All right, this week's feedback of the week. Garbo with an analogy that just is painful. He says, this reminds me of Matt Patricia being given given another year with the Lions to pull out all the stops with a hope it works vibe. And, you know, we're only going to win five games. Yeah. Except in this case, we're going to lose at least five games. Yeah. I, 
that that analogy is painful because I I think it's the most likely outcome. The most I mean, think about it. How often is it when you know a coach has to go and you bring him back for another year? How often does he shock you to how often is it like, why didn't we do this last year? Almost always. It is so rare that he shocks you. Almost always you're like, why in the Sam Hill didn't we do this last year? And I, I hope I'm wrong, man. I hope I'm wrong. I really want to be wrong. I'm just unfortunately confident that I'm not going to be, but that's why they play the games. We will be back at it again next week. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Michigan Podcast. Leave us a five-star review, like, rate, subscribe, share, whichever platform that you access us through, whether it is YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, etc. Please keep those positive reviews coming and five-star reviews as well. Uh, They help the show to grow. Keep telling all of your fellow Michigan fans about what we do here each and every week. And until next week, I'm Steve Dace. Go Blue.